Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here on May 22nd, 2 2019. Uh, you know what? It's a good thing I like the music because it pumps me up a bit because the guest isn't here yet. Jerry just sent me a note. He's not coming. I mean, thank goodness I've got that music, okay? I want to tell you about an article I read uh, this morning from Australia. I'll be brief, okay? It's written by a lawyer. And she's a woman named Janet Albrechtson. That's relevant, okay? She said something a bit surprising to me, and I think it's going to be surprising to you too. Apparently, when names were removed from government applications, okay, they took off the names to avoid unconscious gender bias, which apparently we all have. Who did better? The men did better when the recruiters couldn't see their names. What does that mean? That means that the recruiters were favoring women. They had a pro-woman bias, which is the opposite of what everybody is told. It's the opposite of what we all think. Okay? When they couldn't see the names, then they did the men. But when they saw the names, uh uh-uh, you're a man. No way. Okay? The article also referred to a study in Australia that said for every woman – who sees work as the most important thing in their life, there's three men. Three men to one think work is a central feature of their lives, right? So men and women are not competing in equal numbers, right? There's a significant number of women, apparently, in their late 20s and 30s who decide they're going to leave their jobs to raise children. That's normal, or to work less for some other reason. But there's more men in the uh, in the working world, trying to get jobs, but then there's these quotas coming in. Certainly in the government, okay, fifty-fifty. So there's a smaller talent pool of women and the same normal fifty talent pool of men, right? But they're they're getting fifty-fifty uh, splits quotas for these jobs. So ambitious women have a better shot at the jobs they want than the men. Okay, <laughs> you got a better chance of getting the job because you're you're going to get half the jobs and there's a smaller talent pool. I'm trying to make that stick for you. Okay, okay, okay enough is enough. I don't even know if it's true. Okay, but maybe our guest showed up already and maybe he can tell us on Jerry. Jerry, what show is this? The recruiting animal. Jerry, thank you. You know what? I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to ramble on with the introduction, and I I just think that people won't understand what I'm saying, so I start adding stuff, and it and it just runs on. But before I, before I get too, too, too deep into that, okay, my own critique of my performance, uh, which is a sign that I'm a, a more super competent person, by the way. Apparently, I read a study, okay, overconfident people 
you know, uh, they they think they're fantastic when they're not. But you know, the really good people are always criticizing themselves, supposedly. Okay. Anyway, I want to thank my sponsors, PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. <laughs> they don't want me to thank them after this intro. It's I'm rambling like crazy. I don't know what happened to me. Hire Tool, H I R E T U A L, the super duper sourcing tool, and Hone It, H O N E I T the phone interview technology i'll go right to the guest did you show up jim durbin are you here yes sir i am Jim. oh thank holy crap he's back thank god what was that what was that what's back i think that was cohen i think that was batman Batman. okay well you know i I, i'm not hip like everybody else okay jim just to get this straight I can't give people your Twitter account. You don't have a Twitter account these days. Is that right, or do you have yes, a new one? I, I got rid of Twitter years ago because it's a cesspool of vile, terrible people. And That's baloney. You, know you, 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 you can be I in a cesspool. I resemble that remark. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. Okay. Somebody's on my well, side. Here's the thing, Michael, you, know, you know I'm an early adopter, right? You know that I'm someone who's a, a trendsetter. And, You're a genius, and you know okay? You we all know it. Hey, right. Hey, but, hey, so we doesn't have to keep announcing it. Jim is a genius. Jim Durbin, D-U-R-B-I-N, genius. Go ahead. But you know what you are on Twitter? You know what you are. On Twitter, you're a follower. Okay. Boy, if is that a joke, it fell flat with me. Okay, look, I, 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 got, I got personality, uh, yeah, little profiles, because, you know, there's all these things on, uh, on Twitter. There's always lots of articles about what successful people do and how you want to be like them. So now I'm asking people, like, questions like, what time did you go to bed last night, Jim? Oh, 1.30. Uh, what time did you wake up this morning? 6.30. Okay, but don't you know that all successful people now are obsessed about getting good sleeps? Don't you know that? Oh, yeah. I try to get eight or nine hours a night normally. I normally go to bed about nine and wake up at six. Oh, but you knew you were going to be on the show today, so you didn't have to be your best. What did you have for breakfast, or do you eat breakfast? Uh, uh, I just do the bulletproof. I do the buttered coffee. I don't eat eat till about 2 o'clock. Oh, is that like for are you an intermittent faster? I forgot about that. Are you doing that intermittent I fasting? I would call myself, but I, I mean, I kind of do. I just stopped eating breakfast. I tend to okay, eat a couple meals a day. Okay, next thing. Adam, uh, for the meditate. record, Donald Trump gets four hours of sleep night. Four hours is this Mike yeah, Stringer? It is. You what? can take Jerry's place why are we, if you want. Why are, we bringing, why are we bringing Trump in it in gender roles? Let's talk about interesting stuff and not getting in trouble here. Successful okay. guy became president. He gets four hours of, uh, a night's sleep. Okay. Okay. Have you changed your mind, Jim, about anything in the last? Because you wrote an article about you know every all these things you've known since 2004, and I read it. Have you changed your mind about anything about recruiting in the last 10 or 15 years? So you know what? I used to think this, but it doesn't apply anymore. Or I used to think that, but I was wrong, and I've changed my mind. Uh, well, the big one is I don't think social media is as effective as it was supposed to be. Um, I think that it's really poisoned us and, and caused some real issues. I think some of the In what way? Hold on. I got to tell you, we've got people now saying that branding on social media is the way recruiters are going to get business and candidates in the future because the machines are going to be doing all kinds of other stuff. So you've got to, you know, have a, a real tight niche and pound that into the marketplace. Articles, articles, videos, get your name out there on social media. That's what's happening. Okay. 
If people are still banging that uh, drum, you don't agree with it anymore. Yeah. You think it's a waste of time and money? Absolutely. Well, for most people, yes. I mean, look, we we were at the forefront of that. We did that, and it was useful at the time. Now there's so much noise. I mean, the difference between building a brand as a marketer and building a brand as a recruiter is so big. If you can sit in 15 second videos on TikTok, that's that's great. How many recruiters really can do that and then add in long form and it's a far more complex than we ever get it credit for. And simply creating content is not the same thing as spending a bunch of time. I mean, I, I think we need to go more towards niches themselves. I think social is not what people think it is. You're talking I don't, too I don't much, think it's too useful. long. I don't understand what you're saying. No, no, no. Social is <laughs> okay. poison. It has been poisoned yeah. by the commons and the. Okay, I don't understand why. Okay, groups. yeah. Uh, social media is a communist plot, everybody. Okay. Now, have you no, done anything not. in the past? No, it's not. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a mental disease. I'm moving this on. Coming out about I'm moving this. on. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Didn't you but say in your, in your LinkedIn profile people, that you like people who read. What? Isn't it astounding that of all people, I'm the one coming out saying social media is poison? Yeah, nobody else cares except me. I might have a discussion I, with you over a coffee. I've got an audience, Jim. Please, let's keep it moving. <laughs> Does anybody else – I'm I'm falling down on the job. Does anybody else have you a question have for audience. Jim right now? Be, you may not have Does an anyone audience. have a question? <laughs> question for Jim. Anybody? Where have you been, man? Anybody? What, what are you up to these days? What are you working on these days, man? Go ahead. Uh, well, I – I work for Marriott now, uh, an RPO. I went inside. I manage a team of sourcers and do high volume recruiting. Much okay, tell us about tell us past. about high volume recruiting. Hold on, you've got a team of fifteen sourcers. I was going to get to that, Michael G. Cox. You've got fifteen sourcers and recruiters working for you. Is that correct? All sourcers, and it's down to eleven, but. I've had up to fifty. Well, just sorcerers. What kind of so, so? What? But yeah. But are these the sorcerers who actually recruit people on the phone as well, or are they just doing legion of names? On uh, it's uh, all. How, how, we hire some fifty-five thousand people a year. Um, uh huh. And how do you how do you stuff that funnel? And they're they're hourly roles at the uh, at the location. So it's housekeepers and cooks and servers and um, the people. You know, not just entry level. I mean, there's definitely some qualified folks in there. But if you're below manager level, there's tens of thousands of jobs at Marriott hotels hires across the country. How do you, How do, you do it? That How do you do it? We use the heck out of job boards, and then we have a giant posting strategy. Um, I, I, everyone, you know, we used to joke about post and pray, but that's still the number one way to drive people to your career still site, works. to drive people to job boards. And then we we reach out individually, but it's more. The first, the bulk of it is done through job posting, and then just a, okay, a where massive do you internet post? presence. Where do you post? Where um, do you post? Oh, every every market's different. I can't go too much into details because Mary doesn't like me to do that. But there's a there's some 75 different job sites that are that uh, and it depends. Like you're sometimes you're pushing a feed, sometimes they're scraping them. Um, you've got branding issues, so you know you have many different hotels. It's Marriott. But let me ask you this: Let me ask you this: Are you using only like major job boards? Are you using local job boards that we would never have heard about? Uh, you know, depending on where the hotel is, there is it's, like. And you know, they hired you. Why did they hire you for this position? I'm curious about that because you don't seem like a guy who, who used job boards a lot before. Um, I actually did. I used job boards quite a bit. Um, I just use it like a sniper instead of a shotgun. I've never really handled this, but we don't do our own job posting. We have a team who does that job posting. And the sources kind of come in. It's like a bottle of ketchup. You get 85% of it out. 
how to get that last 15%, and that's where our sources come in. And they're, they're actually direct contact with the hotels. Add a little water. A portion of the recruiting process. We're, we're, uh, for the hourly roles, we don't do full life cycle. We rarely talk to candidates unless we're encouraging them to apply. Um, it really is a completely different than anything I've done before. Yeah, it is. I worked, I, worked, um, I worked for Sodexo for eight years, and I was doing exactly that, finding you know, custodial uh, cooks, um, retail managers, whatever. And it's a whole different population that you're looking for, and they're not going to be on Indeed. They're not going to be on social media necessarily, maybe Facebook. But, you know, just using those general job boards or even Craigslist is a good strategy. These are hourly people. If I could just say, I want to move to Miami. So if you need somebody on site at the Marriott Miami Beach, just let me know. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll give you a $1,500 bonus for the first 60 days if you want to be a housekeeper. Uh huh. Okay, Jim. Yeah, he's going to be a housekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. Jim, why, you know, if, if you're getting so many people from the job boards, why do they even care about that last 15% that is stuck in the ketchup bottle? Who cares about them? Uh, but, uh, how do you how hire? I mean, oftentimes those are the best people that you find. I mean, the, the job boards are great because they, they're people looking for jobs. It's why they exist and get better. But you still have to find someone, and everyone else is using the job boards too. So how do you go that extra mile? The challenge is, is I know how to go find people, but the time that it takes me to find one or two or three, it's not the same as I'm looking for executives and I'm taking a big $40,000 paycheck for it. I mean, each one of these, because it's volume, you don't have time to individually. Okay. And, and, and did you roles. tell us a few minutes ago that you're not going to explain how you get those 15? That's a secret. You came on the show, but you're not going to tell us. Is that, is that the <laughs> message you delivered? Now that I work inside, that I've sold out to the man, there's certain things I'm yeah. not supposed to share because they consider them competitive advantages. So okay, so in I other words, uh, in mind, they do you're is, not gonna, he's not going to – I can answer that. They have – when ahead. they post a job, it goes out to, you know, hundreds of different job sites. So uh, when the recruiter posts a job, it's going out to every diversity group, every, you know, small job board, a geographic job board – they're going out to everyone. So yeah. that's how it works. Okay. And it's your templates. Yeah, but, it's your pictures. It's your titles. It's how you structure your Yeah, SEO. but that's – Kathy, he said that's, they've got a separate unit that does that. That's before – he's not even handling those. That, right. That's the recruiter would be – exactly. The, the recruiter would be handling that, but the sourcer would not. The sourcer yeah, we, simply gives – you did not you think I'm stupid you didn't understand okay what? the job people put out that stuff to the job boards and the, the he's after he's a sourcer he's got a sourcing team after the people that these these mass job board uh, right. postings that they I don't bring that. in I understand that yeah but you were asking so, what yeah, but, boards do they what boards do they use and I said when they that was five the minutes job. ago okay wake up okay that was five minutes ago oh no it does wasn't. anybody okay I'm losing here. Mike Astringer got a question for, for Jim that makes sense, that's going to get an answer. No, I get his challenge because, you know, uh, over the years that I've worked with a variety of clients, I've had some manufacturing clients, for example, and those hourly roles, sometimes those hourly roles are more difficult to fill than, than, than a role, than an executive role or a leadership role or a professional role that you have to go out and search for. 
Okay, that's yeah, like well, a half, non-answer. Half Mike, the people you're looking for don't have resumes yeah. online. So how do you get someone to apply? It, they may be on a social platform, or they they may be, you know, maybe put a resume out years ago. But uh, if you're a cook, half the people that are cooks don't have resumes because they don't need them. Well, the ones they just, on they Twitter are right? Uh, well, yeah, a cook on Twitter is a bad person, but um, yeah. that, that's that's just truth, though. <laughs> okay, Michael G. Cox, you got a, a question for this guy that he's going to answer? That he's going to answer. Um, well, he's, he's resisting now. He says he can't answer the questions. I'll move on. Okay, you know what? We're going to forget about high volume because that's a I secret. Have a Jim. I have a question. That's, that is yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you have diversity goals that you need to reach as a sourcer? Um, no, no, the, the, um, I mean, that's not really an issue for a lot of our hourly roles. Uh, they track all of that. Of course, we're more about compliance with all the state and federal laws. So okay. it's, it's, um, restaurants don't really have that. It's, it's an amazingly diverse place. They have a lot of it's put into their messaging, but it's not set for that for us. It's just, how do we get, how do we get enough applicants in? I can tell you. Okay, we're not talking about that anymore. We're leaving it. He's not going to give the secret. He told us. I'll ask other questions that I'm really. I'm not doing high volume. I don't really care about that high volume. Okay, unless you know, if Jim would have told me the secrets, I could go out and market myself for that. But I can't now. Okay, look, phony (laughs) greetings, Jim. Here's an important question. You get these emails, especially on LinkedIn, where people say, "I hope you're well." Okay, Jeremy Roberts said. He was in the hospital with his wife who got hit by a car. She was, uh, you know, almost dying, and he gets, uh, he gets an email and says, I'm sure things are well with you, right? It wasn't well with him. So uh, I think those oh, I phony greetings, they're, they're no good uh, when you're doing, sending a recruiting email. What do you think? 100% agree, and I think that it's one of the biggest problems we have, using too many exclamation points, talking about who you are from the beginning, trying to falsely inject yourself as a friend before you've talked to them, telling them that they are a perfect fit or even something stupid. Like I was searching LinkedIn or I'm on, I came across your your profile. Oh my God. What's wrong with that? I can't, I I I was searching LinkedIn. I came across your profile. I think it's worth talking about uh, the position I'm working on. What's wrong with that? What could be more simple? It's like saying I woke up straightforward. It's not. It's, it's wasting time and effort on a mobile because it's usually read on a mobile device. And then this is where the marketing stuff comes in. You have 25 characters to get someone to read further. If you're wasting time saying, I hope everything is well or hope you're having a great day or I was browsing LinkedIn, you're, you're wasting valuable real estate and they're, they're blanking you out. So you're, you're, so you're what cutting you yourself say? off okay. and you're setting what false do you say? What do you say? Okay, you don't say the obvious okay, I'm thing. Gonna give you, like, I'm hey. going to give you a secret. I'm going to give you an awesome yeah. secret so that you don't do uh-huh. it. I say hello from. Hello from, and then the brand you're working with, the company you're working from. Hello from. That's one of the first things I do. It works fantastic. It's just it's a, it's a greeting. It puts all the defenses down. And then you say, I'm a recruiter, and then you pick your niche. I'm a recruiter in this market doing this. And your uh, this is the role I'm looking for, and uh, your, your background is a good fit. That's what's in the subject course. line. If that's an email, what's in the subject line? The subject line. What's in the subject line? Let's let me ask uh, the question, uh, then we'll go to the other people. What's in the subject line? If I'm on LinkedIn and I'm reaching out to an executive, I'll say career opportunity in city. I know people hate that. It works for me. I used to get 100% response doing that. 
because that's why you're reaching out. You're just honest. I'm a recruiter. This is what I do. I want to talk to you. Of course, that's well, what you're Also, higher-level, like executive search, they're open to at least hearing about it. The weird thing is that people um, that are individual contributors are often the most resistant to hearing about new opportunities. It's really weird. But they they haven't been recruited before in a lot of times. It's like someone yeah. under 30 saying, I've never worked with a recruiter. I'm like, because you never had a job that mattered. I mean, that's yeah. the truth. Uh-huh. You worked your network and took a bunch of entry-level jobs, or you were promoted okay. up. Of course you never worked with a recruiter. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Mike Eistringer, did you have a comment before I move on? Did somebody else have a comment? Say, he might be the only guy without an Indian name I've ever heard start a message with greetings from. I mean, quite frankly, I see <laughs> greetings from, and I assume well, it's offshore. <laughs> not greetings from. Hello from. And it, that, that's an internal oh. thing. If you're, if, you're, if you're an internal recruiter and you work for the company, saying hello from your company makes a big difference. I mean, that's right. Maybe if they recognize your company. Maybe if they recognize your company. You know what? I'll, Here, I'll Jerry, try I want to say tweet that. at uh, Jim and let him know how it, how it's working. Okay, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry came up with an idea. Jerry came up with an idea this week, and he. It. Yeah, Jerry thought this idea was crazy, but somebody tweaked his idea, and I thought it turned out. What do you think of a, a third-party recruiting agency offering a two-year guarantee? For a higher fee, so they'll instead of twenty percent, they'll take thirty-three, but they'll guarantee the person for two years. Most most people do are going to stay in the job for two years. It's it's not a real big risk in my opinion, but it sounds great. What do you think of that, Jim? I think there's only one person that can pull that off, and that's a David Perry. I, mm, I'm shocked okay. at it. I, I think it only works for like high-level executives. It's uh, it has nothing to do with us. I think I think that's overreach. It pretends that recruiting is something different than it is. We make introductions. We stand between two people who don't know how to hire or get hired so that, and smooth the way for them. We don't manage them. We don't write their job descriptions and figure out what they need to do. We okay. don't affect so, their lives. How could you possibly take that credit for them? Okay. Okay. Uh, I think it sounds good. It makes people feel comfortable, and you're never going to usually have to honor it. So, uh, and, and it will get you a higher fee. So it sounds. You know, it impressed me. It impressed point. me. Okay. Okay. What about gut feel in hiring? Everybody says it sucks. It's going to make you uh, only hire people who you know click with you because they're exactly like you. So you're you know you're going to bias out all kinds of other people. What do you think about gut feel in hiring? I think it's it's good. I, I I talked just I'll go on a bit more. I talked to a guy yesterday named Jack Kelly. He's going to be a guest on the show. He said, "Give me a call." I called him up. I knew as soon as I talked to this guy, he's a placement. This guy just sounded great. I would hire that guy on the way he spoke to me. Am I making a mistake, or does gut feel is it bad? Um. So if gut feel worked, there'd never be a point of an interview. You could just imagine it. Oh, I can, I can size someone up in seven seconds. You can't. But gut feel doesn't have an important role, but we use it wrong. If your gut tells you something's wrong about a candidate and you've been a recruiter for a while, you follow your gut instinct. If your gut thinks that something is wrong, you follow that. Because every time you don't, you get, you get nailed to something, right? If your gut says this person's really great, that's the time you should actually start to interview and filter them. Because you can't trust the positive feelings. What you're really saying is this guy's got a similar background. We have the same communication style. They're, they're an excellent communicator. 
I like them. I think they'll look good at the front of the client, which has a value, but you don't know anything else about them. You're, you're okay, you know what? You took this, in a, you took this in a way that I didn't intend. Oh, you know, come on. I said I spoke to the guy, uh, and, and you're saying I, I took a seven-second glance at a resume, and I, I don't get a gut feel from a resume like that. A resume looks, looks good intellectually. I'll say, yeah, when I talk to the person – then I get a gut feel. Does anybody else want to comment on that? When Michael G. Cox, when do you get a gut feel? When you talk to someone or when you look at the resume? And do you respond to your gut feel? Yes, and good your follow-up question. No, I, I, I get a gut feel always on everything, but I, I try and ignore it. Really? I usually you ignore get a gut it. feel when I look at her LinkedIn picture. Okay. All right. Uh, anybody else? There's lots of people on the line. Somebody want to contribute? I mean, Michael G. Cox led me on a wild goose chase trying to find out about high volume, you know, recruiting when the guest didn't really want to talk about it. So now uh, I'm doing a little better. But you know, there's so many of you here. I know you know you're all smarter than me, right? Does anybody else want to ask Jim a question? I'm going to open all the lines right now. Anybody else want to talk to Jim or I, talk about their gut feel? Talk about I've themselves? Got, I've got Do a question. Gut feel. Who is it? Who All is right. it? Uh, my, my name is my name is Billy. John okay, Smith. Billy, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Billy, go feel. ahead. So, Jim, you had a very non-traditional background for the role you got hired in. Do you think your boss hired you on gut feel? I think he hired me because he knew my network. He knew what he was trying to do. So, my background is marketing and headhunting. We deal with high volume. I've dealt with massive volume that makes recruiting volume look tiny. So the truth is I actually did have a, um, a background that fit pretty well for high volume sourcing. And that's what we're using. That. That's what they're using you for is to dig into those systems. You know, Billy, I don't like your question, and data, I don't like the answer. Reports. I don't like the question. I've got to do an ad. But Ke- Kelly Blockdike has a question. I, think, I, I don't know where she's coming out with this. Are we still clinging to the myth that people you find are better quality than people that find you? Yeah, I'm sticking to that myth, and I'll ask Jim and whoever else wants to comment on it when uh, I'm finished with this ad, okay? Where's the ad? Hire tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. You know, Amy Miller, she's a superstar. She's going to be uh, – she didn't really say, you know, I can beat Watson. She said, put me up against Watson. I turned that into I can beat Watson. She wouldn't want to face Watson unless she thought she could beat him, okay? So she thinks she's something special, and I do too, okay? She's on the show on, on June 5th. I saw her saying this about Hire Tool, the super-duper sourcing tool. She said her favorite sourcing tool is Hire Tool, hands down. She says, I recruit engineering managers in big tech. I've done side-by-side comparisons between Hire Tool's AI sourcing function and another brand name tool, and there was no contest. Hire Tool provided relevant results with full contact info. The other tool provided a bunch of keyword fits. They completely missed the mark. Happy to discuss further with anybody. But for me, it's not even a question between the two. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the other one was, okay? You can guess yourself. But I don't have to because that's a super-duper endorsement for H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. And don't let anybody tell you it isn't. Okay, uh, what question did I ask? (laughs) Oh, Kelly's question. Okay, Kelly's saying, oh, people who apply for jobs are are just as good as as passive candidates. 
I don't think so. Okay, even what what Jim said, he's looking at they're wasting money if if they're going after that 15% in the ketchup bottle. If they could get all the other people from the ads, they these guys at Marriott, they must think there's good there's good at the bottom of the bottle there, right? Am I right, Jim? Uh, what she's saying is the problem is that the, the the question itself is wrong. We don't know what makes a quality employee. We flat out don't know. Anybody pretending they do, we don't know what makes people tick. We don't know why teams' chemistry work. We have no clue about that because human beings are complex. So how can recruiting find a better quality person if we don't even know what development works inside a company? You know, HR and, org- and organizational development say that's ridiculous, but take a look. We don't have an idea of what that is. We're all just working. Yeah, on I don't know things. what you're saying. Uh, look, yeah, okay, let me. I'm move saying on. we don't know okay. what a quality person is at work. Yeah, okay, fine. That's not, not an answer. You can't roll a you know, steamroller over over me with all the big talk. If I don't understand what you're saying, I'm going to assume that no one else is either. Okay. We don't understand anything. We We don't understand. We understand a lot. If we can't do performance reviews correctly, how could we possibly? How do you determine culture fit? Do you have an answer? Culture fit. Everyone's still talking culture fit after all these years. I've never had anybody tell me. Well, this is what you do to determine if someone's a fit for your culture. Okay, you go through this checklist. Oh, okay, Alan. Let's ask Alan, big mouth. Okay, how do you determine culture fit? You tell me someone you hired because you knew they were a culture fit and how you determined it. Okay, with the way they combed their hair, with the the clothes they wore, what was it? Alan, big shot. If they they live in an animal show, I know they're a culture fit. That's silly. Let Alan talk one at a time. No, no, no. Who just said that other thing? Who said the other thing? Say it again. Which thing? The, The silly thing? Yeah, go ahead. Say it. Okay. I think you shouldn't be focused on culture fit. Let's focus on what they've done, what they've accomplished, versus I wonder if they'll get along with our people. No, 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 wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I partially agree with you. It's a combination of can you do the job? Do you have the experience? Yep. Do we think you can do that? And then in addition to that, fitting into the culture is just simply you've got to meet a reasonable number of people, two, Man. three, whatever. And you can oh man, man me right here, brother. Meh. But um, <laughs> no, I, I okay. So to that, I would say you know maybe you should also interview for emotional intelligence and find out if they can get along with other individuals. But well, if we're you, trying to yeah. if we're trying to focus, you on, know, you guys will, are will you know, you're ruining the question. The guy no, Alan, Alan said I'm going to tell Alan no, we said here's a better takeaway. Alan, wait, let me talk. Alan said there's a takeaway. Finally, this is what you can take away. I'm going to teach everybody here how to uh, interview someone for culture, culture fit. Okay? And now you guys are arguing if it's even worthwhile. I don't want no, to hear that. I want to hear. You want to interview for cultural fit? You start. You you talk to the person. You want to interview the person for cultural fit? Do it over lunch. Do it over dinner. Do it out at an event. Don't do it in your antiseptic office. And bring one other person with you, be it another employee, a customer, Client, someone you trust. Yeah, do it that way. Okay, no, well, what do you? What do you? How do you? How do you? How do you uh, okay, I'm in the restaurant instead of my office. How am I going to determine culture fit? That's a non-answer. I can't believe you guys are doing. I don't have the time. I know the answer. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And you know what? I don't have the time because you're going to have to run an ad. <laughs> yeah, so I go do. to the next question. <laughs> I will. So what? No, okay, no no answer for him. Jim, do you have a do you have a real answer or you, should we pass Absolutely. on this culture fit? Cult, culture fit. Jim, do you, you want to say something or should I pass? Yes, no, no. 
culture fits about shared communication patterns. You have to speak the same language, but you have to come from the same place to be a high-performing uh-huh. team. That is yeah. the whole point of it. I, I just wrote an article about that for Recruiting Daily. We dig into some of the social science studies that the whole point of diversity is that if everybody thinks alike, they're blind to the mistakes. If everybody's diverse, nothing gets along. Yeah. Diversity plus you're not answering the question. Uh, you're not asking. No, 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 hey, everybody the out there. You know, if anybody's still us? on the line, you know, these are guys are the pros. This? They can't answer a straight question about culture fit. Nobody can, okay? I'm going to tell you the answer. Put together a checklist. Do you like ice cream? Do you like birthday parties? Do you, will you, you play on the softball team? This is what we want. And go through that whole question yeah. in like a menu, and that's how you determine it, culture fit. Or your gut feel. A- and that's where animal. gut feel comes in. That's where gut feel comes in. You go to the restaurant with them. You talk about baseball or something. I like this guy, okay? He's good for our culture. That's how it's done, okay? Nobody, they just talk about culture fit, and no one ever says what it means. What a bunch of baloney that that conversation is. Animal, okay. Let me put it to you this way. So (laughs) how how do you know if the woman or the, the person sitting across from you within the first couple of dates is most likely the right person for you? Gut feel. Culture fit. It's a combination yeah. okay. of a lot of things. Okay. And when, when, okay. Animal, no, but when was the last time you completed? Animal, was this is Ernie. Ernie, Ernie Moreno. Hey, Ernie Moreno, I, I go ahead. You, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, culture fit to me is two things. One, what are they looking for? And if you and if they have all of the things that can solve a problem, because the job's open only because there's a problem, and you got to have those requirements. Number one. Number two is you have to have a fit with the hiring manager. If the hiring manager has a certain style, if he's if he's the type of guy that's a lean kind of guy that wants everything done, and he's a personality, you better have that same personality. And that uh-huh. to me is a culture okay. fit. How do you determine? Yeah. How do you determine the personality? Isn't that the question I'm asking? You're well, another well, non-answer you, you, guy. Now, hey, I'll, t- I'll answer you, but I'll tell you, you uh, you talk to the hiring manager and you tell him what the hell you want, and you get deep into him. And you say, tell me exactly what you want, and you it's like ordering a, it's like ordering a hamburger, and and yeah. okay. if they want no yeah. cheese, you give them no cheese. Yeah. Okay, but what but, goes but in the place of no cheese? What goes me, in the pla- in the boxes? Okay, I'm moving on. Hey, I'm moving the, on. What if the point? Okay. Oh, you love this animal. What if the point of an interview is so the hiring manager has an investment in the in the candidate? What if the whole point of an interview is if you spend enough time with them, you want them to succeed? The more you interview for cultural fit, you're saying to yourself, "I'm going to make sure this person succeeds." So you overlook their blind spots. You help them get better. So if you're assigned a person you actually do worse because you don't care as much. You weren't invested in making a choice. You made a choice to hire them. Now you want them to be successful. What if the whole point of the interview is so that the hiring manager feels like they made a decision and now they want to justify that because there's a lot better brain science that says that's the case than any of us are objective about. Yeah, okay. I, I, you guys are killing me. I'm going to move on. Here's a, here's a question. Jerry, Jerry's not here. He hates this question. I like it. What do you say when you're calling somebody and the receptionist asks, Who's calling and what's the purpose of your call? Jim, do you have a nice short answer for me? Oh, I've done that in a long time. I, 
No, I've I, been too long since I've, I've called. Uh, who's question. got the dog? Somebody please kick your dog. Who's dog? Whose dog is making all that noise? You're the animal, okay, isn't it yours? <laughs> no, I don't have a dog, and I'm not dog-minding today either or anything like that. Okay? I'm going to do an ad. If somebody else come up with a, a, a good question for me. You know, I, I feel, feel guilty. I'm always leaving the Everyone complains about the ads. I always leave them. Jeremy Sizemore is a famous SAP recruiter. I'm going to do an ad for him right now, S-I-S-E-M-O-R-E. And you know what uh, software, recruiting software he uses? PC Recruiter. He says, I've been on PC Recruiter for over 15 years. And you know why? There's no reason to change. There's no reason to change because they're constantly improving the product, and they have great customer service. It's well-priced. It has all the functionality I want. I love the mobile app, which I use all the time. I like the ease with which I can import a LinkedIn profile or a, a Zoom Info profile by clicking the import button. Uh, in PC Recruiter, you can customize reports, you know, however you like for the team meetings. It's a staple of our industry. Half of the Pinnacle Society is running PC Recruiter, and the Pinnacle Society is just big billers. They're just big billers, guys who make a lot of money. And if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. PCRecruiter.net. Go and check it out. Okay. Okay. Jim, if you call up a company, this is another Jerry question. You, you know, you're, you're a third-party recruiter. You uh, submit a candidate, rather, and they say, look, we checked our database, and another recruiter submitted him for a different job six months ago, but the contract, the fee agreement, says that he owns that candidate for a year. What are you going to do? Um, that's the company's problem. That's why my contract always said, but for. I brought them to your attention. That's on you. We, we discussed that ahead of time. If they, have, if they have that person in there, they didn't find them, that's the... Hold on. Problem. If you start talking, to, if you say, look, 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 Miss Hiring Manager, I just want to warn you before you work with me, if I submit a candidate and uh, you find out that, you know, nine months ago she was submitted by some other recruiter who hasn't spoken to you since then, was for a different job, but she's going to charge you a fee, you know, you're going to have to pay me. I don't care if you have to pay double, okay, if they take you to court. You're not going to get the order, okay? You're finished. You're dead in the water at that point. Oh, you, I don't you start can't... with that. I, I also ask candidates if they've been submitted. We go into because I want to figure out they just like this role. What other roles are they looking at? It's my you know they're not reliable. You know what they're not reliable. Oh, I've never yeah. been submitted to that company. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, sorry, I didn't remember. I mean, I've, okay, I was got no answer. at a different level. No, I do. I, I, I don't have a problem with candidates lying to me. <laughs> it's not even I mean, lying. Right. They might really forget. Okay, what do you say, Jim, if you call a candidate and the first thing – I would someone who was so disorganized they couldn't remember where they were submitted. I mean, it's I don't believe that. Apply, apply, apply. I don't believe you. No, sir. If, they, if they're a good candidate, if they got the right stuff, you're going to submit them. Oh, you know, I can't remember where I was submitted in the past. Well, you know what? That's, that's you're a gonna total disqualifier them. for me. If they say that, they're out. I don't trust a word they're saying. I know Who that believes Jim? Who believes Jim? Anybody? Anybody believe Jim? That? Hey. They're not lying. You just, you're just you're, 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 you're confused. You're making something up. You're, you're lying to yourself, not to me. That's I, one wouldn't, of those I wouldn't move forward Why with a candidate. Go ahead, Kendra. 
I wouldn't move forward with a candidate that lost control of their search. Being organized, being on top of your stuff is an important attribute where I work. Kendra, so I agree. Kendra, okay, hold on. The, the, these candidates are not in a search, okay? They're not involved in a search. The, you're calling their passive candidates, right? So they're not searching. Every once in a while someone calls them, tells them about something that sounds good. They might not even get out to an interview, but their resume might have been submitted. I don't know. Not only that, but you, your resume could have been submitted to several different companies, you know, which we is is not appropriate for a recruiter to do, and you wouldn't know it. So oh, sometimes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I haven't yeah. run into yeah. that since 2001. So, but okay. but I, I that's the whole point of building that rapport with a candidate. I talk to them about what it's going to look like, their salary on the first time. Whether or not they're going to um, – can they leave their boss? You know, Are they prepared for counteroffers? I have all those discussions. Have they looked at their finances? Have they, have they talked about the impact of what it's going to be if they're driving? I have that conversation making them think about whether or not they're going to move to another company. Mm-hmm. And well, with somebody, that report, somebody got on the line I, now, and then the sound else. started gurgling. I mean, thank goodness it's late in the show, but what happened? <laughs> Who did that? Who's, who's screwing up the sound now? Okay, I have an announcement before I forget. I found a picture yesterday of a recruiter named Haley, a young woman from ADECO, and she was recruiting fresh grads, and she was wearing yoga pants in public with a little short uh, uh, sports jacket with it or something like that. So, I mean, this, is, this has been a big controversy, okay? And where exactly does this woman Never works for me. Gasp. I think I'm in love. You know what? She she looked quite nice, uh, in my opinion. But uh, I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. Okay. I was surprised. I've never seen it in in uh, a public setting like that. Okay. Well, she was mind you. She was recruiting fresh grads, young young people, on a, in a school. So maybe she was, you know, trying to look like the animals in the zoo. That's that's a point. Okay. Jim, do you have an opinion about yoga pants and for recruiters in interviews in public? Um, I did, and then I watched people on Facebook go nuts about it, so I blocked those people and stopped talking about okay. it. <laughs> okay. Here's okay. Here's my view on it, though. Yeah. Pretending human nature doesn't exist is total Marxist nonsense. That's my view on it. Uh-huh. Okay. I won't make you say more. Not only that, that, but the animal in the zoo analogy is perfect, you know. Fifteen years ago, I had a construction client, and when I would go to a job fair on behalf of that client, I had to go out and buy jeans and boots to wear to those job fairs. I mean, I'm not going to go there in a suit like I normally would wear. Uh, okay. Okay. What about – When I went to Austin, third, you know, I stopped wearing nice short shirts from Nordstrom, and I started buying buttons with snaps, cut my hair short. I put a total different look because I didn't fit into the office when I was down there for two you months. You know, you've got a different look now. You, you look like uh, Billy Bob Thornton uh, uh, in, in a beatnik <laughs> phase or something like that. And this is bad. Why? I didn't say it was bad. I, he just so doesn't he, look like no, himself he's, anymore, he, he Alan. during Sling Blade, like Sling Blade, uh, 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 Bobby. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'm telling okay. all of you to push okay. up some pull-ups. I just want Alan to know I'm going to do another. I'm going to do another ad. But I have a question for you guys to think about. Hey, Amy, I said Amy's coming on in a few weeks, and she's got this big deal with making hiring managers 
help with the search so that you know they compose or they put their name to uh, a letter, an email that you send out an email because supposedly it impresses candidates more. Uh, just like uh, Jim said, hello from company, a real a company, not from an unknown recruiter. In this case, it's hello from you know the IT director or the IT manager, and that sort of makes them uh, feel more confident in the or impressed by the, the the message. So I'm wondering, especially if you're a third-party recruiter, uh, I've never heard of it being done, but I was wondering if a third-party recruiter can, can force <laughs> or twist the arm of his or her client uh, to get them to actually sign on to a letter. And so that's a question I'm going to ask right after I do this ad for Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T. Honeit.com is phone interview technology. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips. You know why? To help your hiring managers hear the motivation, the personality, and the culture that the recruiter just heard. I, I, I put that word in culture. The, the Honet wants me to say enthusiasm, but that's the same thing. Now we know culture just means personality. All these geniuses just told me that, didn't they? Okay. And when you share a, and you get it through gut feel. So you want your hiring manager to hear that, that candidate. Yeah. And you then they'll know the personality and the culture, and if it's a, they'll get a gut feel. Okay, when you can share the story with a hiring manager in the candidate's own voice, it delivers a ton of info that you just can't get from a, a resume or a dry report from a recruiter, right? So if you want to put some sizzle in your messaging, go to honeit.com. H-O-N-E-I-T.com. What question did I ask before? My memory's a sieve these days. What question did I ask before I did that ad? Anybody remember? <laughs> I know what it was. It was getting a, a third-party recruiter, getting a hire. Okay, hey, hiring manager, yeah. people don't know me, okay? But people in your industry, presumably they might know you, or even though they'll be impressed by your title, I want you to write a nice message, or I'll write it for you. You put your name to it. I'm going to send it out. Jim, do you, do you think that's a good idea, and do you think it can be done? Uh, absolutely, it can be done. I've done it. Many other people have. There's a trade-off, though, because if you're, you're faking that if, if the manager's not involved at all, the candidate's going to want to talk to that manager and get past you as a recruiter. So there's, there's some friction yeah. uh, that you're introducing when you're doing that, but it's a great way to get people to speak to you, and it also gets the hiring manager more involved in the search. It's, you're getting their time and attention. Someone who's allowing you to put their name is going to be a bit more careful about what's being said. Will probably listen to you more. So I, okay, I but hold on. Are you saying that the, the email would actually go out from the hiring manager's account? I, that's, that's not, I have to ask Amy about that. I'm, that wasn't the impression I, I was thinking. I was thinking it goes out from Jim Durbin's account. But the, here, I want I want you to hear a, a message from from the, the IT director to you, and it does say, "Dear, whatever your name is." And it's got the message in there. Is that, or does it have to go out from the hiring manager's account? And that would cause that friction you mentioned. You could, well, mm, either could cause friction. Right, but neither could what work do you mean? too. I mean, I'd want to test it. And well, if you're sending it from you, it's very obvious it's a template. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to copy paste the wrong thing and make a mistake from there. And it's a little disingenuous because it's clear that the, unless you personalize that and say. The hiring manager said that like this, this, and this about your resume or background. Yeah. Okay. If he sends it from his account, he's personal. going to start getting tons of emails. Yeah. You'd have to set up exactly. a special account. Yeah. Uh, and it would be, they would reply to that account, and they would get replies from a recruiter 
not from the hiring manager. Absolutely. Alan, have you ever done it? Alan, have you ever done it, get the hiring manager participating in the search? Yeah. Yeah, but I did Can it I did it where I I I said the hiring manager has reviewed your resume. You know, he looked at your resume. He here's the comments he had about it. Um and I'd love to that get you guys great. on the phone. And and oh, okay. he, he was very impressed with X, Y, or Z. Although I have a when you're done with this section, I have a question for everybody. No, no, I got to tell you, that's one of the. I, I, I'm enjoying the show. I like arguing with you guys, but that's one of the few takeaways I've got from 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 the show so far. Uh, that you actually show the profile. You get a bunch of profiles, however you get mm-hmm. them. You show them to the hiring manager. Get him or her to screen them, and then then send the feedback out to the people that uh, she's interested in. That's that's. Uh, I never even would have thought of that. That's great. You want to know okay, the to me, but you want to know the. But you want to know the funny thing about that animal is some of the best managers that I've worked with that have done that were in some of the worst hiring companies around. It's weird. It was really weird. What's a worst hiring company? What does that mean? I can't name it by name because it's a global company. And no, no, no I don't want to know the company. But what do you what do you mean? They're a worst hiring company. What what does that mean? They're, they're actually they're so, doing something so Jim, good already. So, so Jim's my hiring manager. I send him profiles. He makes the comments. We send the emails out to people. But then they're forced to do this con, this group seven individual interview, a consensus that is is. Pulling teeth is easier. Oh, okay. And then, so, so, and all this yeah. other stuff. Okay. But anyway, okay. you wanted, so that, you wanted me to give you a chance to ask a different question. What was it? It's slightly in the same alignment. I've had something happen over the last week or two, and it's made me scratch my head. Like, is am I being too sensitive? What would your What would the group's no. opinion be if an agency is sending? No, I got two calls from my existing candidates who got hit up by agency people. My candidates sent me the text and the email they received and I'm, and it basically it made the agency recruiter look like they worked for us cuz these candidates called me and said, hey, "Alan, did you hire somebody else on your team cuz I got this thing." I'm like, "What?" He sent me the message and it looks like it came it could on a glance look like the person works here. The agency recruiter works here. Had names, had other things. Am I am I being too sensitive about that everybody or is, did it say hello from your company? How did it actually look like it came from in you? Sub- I don't understand. Not from me, but in the subject line, it was here's the position with my, our company name is Hey, I've um, Hey, I'm hiring somebody for I'm hiring somebody for this company. I'm hiring for the company. I know Mike. I know Animal. I know Jim. I've worked. With, I've done this book. Give me a call. So I mean, if you really read it. You can kind of display. No, this isn't. If you look the person up, you know they're an agency guy. Uh, I don't know, was, Michael G. Cox. What do you think? I think give them a call. Ask them what they're up to. Well, I know what they're up Why? to. Why is there something cyber. wrong with it? Do, do, is there, do you see? I don't see anything wrong with it. Do you think something's it's wrong with it, Michael G. Cox? Yes or no? It's, it's completely sleazy. sleazy. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very sleazy. sleazy. Call them up and confront them. Yeah, I would. Well, it's cyber. What, what, what more do I need to say? Cyber. I don't see anything wrong with it. Jim, Jim, are you seeing something wrong with it? You don't see anything wrong with trying to mislead people into thinking you work as a corporate recruiter on the inside of a company when you don't. I don't see how it actually did that. He just says, you know, I'm recruiting for this company. I, uh, uh, You know, maybe you know Jim Durbin. He works in there. Or Alan uh, uh, Fleur. He works in there. I know these guys, too. I don't see how anybody would actually say that, but you know, and it's it's deceiving and it's sleazy. I mean, the, yeah. the candidate's going to think agree. that you work for them. 
Senior yep. project, here it is. Uh, hold on, Kathy. Is the judge making a decision on that? Is the judge whispering in your ear there? Is he telling no. you what to say? No. He's the here, let me read okay. it to hold you. Hold on. It was, it was creepy enough that the candidates shared it with him, so clearly there's something wrong with that messaging. Okay, well, read it. Right. Go ahead. Read it. Read it. Title, Senior Project Manager, my company's name. Hey, Animal, I'm reaching out to you about a senior project manager with da-da-da. I'm not sure how familiar you are, but I'm working on several large searches throughout Los Angeles. I'm currently working with the VP of Operations name with over 20 years of experience. I'd love – I also – and also just hired a PM you might know out of Los Angeles. Let me know when you can talk. Sounds good to me. Sounds – when you you see it. Kendra. Kendra. Got anything to say? Is this an agency that you're currently working with? Are they doing work with your company? They say they are. I don't have an agreement signed. Okay. And and, and when I get resumes, I, while we've been talking, I've gotten four resumes forwarded to me by my project executives with companies we don't have agreements with, I've never spoken with, and my thing is I've already found two of them on LinkedIn. So let's go. Keep them coming. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Does anybody want to, this seems like a non-issue to me. Does anybody have an opinion? Kendra, were you going to say something? Ernie, well, Kathy, anybody? Kathy was right. Kathy, Kathy and Jim made the comment. I just, I just yeah. think that that's all. I just think it's cheesy. I think, I think it's not. There's nothing illegal about it. It's just there's a professionalism. Yeah. And uh-huh. it's. I got to tell you something. I, I'm going to go over this part of the, uh, the show so I can copy it down and start using it. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> no animal. The fact By the that way. you don't think this is sleazy is why you're making. No, I think it's, it sounds good to me. I don't, I don't know what, what's, what you're doing. What the big deal is. That's why you're making your your money as a radio host, not yeah. Tim, 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 Tim. What's his name? Yesterday, Tim Sackett said, "I'm full of shit, and the only thing I have going for me is this show that I'm doing from my mother's basement, and it's not even, you know, and and, and, and that the Chad and Cheese have actually adopted my my show format and are doing it way better than me. Okay, so that's how I know where I stand. Okay, in the world, Mike. Wow, which show is that? Tim Sackett needs a hug. <laughs> Chad and cheese. <laughs> no, Chad and cheese. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Okay, okay. We're we're getting down to the last few minutes. Ernie, do you have another question? Are you still on the line, Ernie? Ernie, Ernie Marino doesn't call in often. I'd like to give you a chance. Dang. Okay. How about our guest, He's, man? We, we should get back to him. Jim. Jim doesn't want to tell. Jim. Jim's holding out. Okay. Jim, do you have something you want to what? talk about? Because you came on and said I've got things I don't want to talk about. Okay, Jim. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jim. I said one thing. I can't talk about the company I work with. That's all. Okay. I've well, what do you want to talk about? Stuff. Okay. What do you want to talk about? And don't lecture me like you're my professor. Okay. Go ahead. Shoot. <laughs> right. Uh, I think the stuff about AI replacing us and finding all the candidates is total bunk. Yeah. I think the more yeah. you, it, they're useful tools. The biggest problem is, is that when you take young recruiters and give them these AI tools. They don't get what they need. We've, like the what age, well, let's, not, let's not just say AI. What are you talking about specifically? Okay? Automated, automated sourcing it, tools. Automated yeah. sourcing and messaging tools. Right. If, you're, well, if like you're not screening tool? resumes, if you're not no. on the phone, you, you're, you're not very good. We have a huge problem with people under 30 in the industry that don't know anything about recruiting. Yeah. All they know how to do is use tools because we refuse to train them. And they refuse and to get so on the phone. Tool, because they don't figure they need it. 
and the, mm-hmm. this reliance on these machine tools as our, our industry is graying. You know, the average age of a recruiter is 37, 37. There's it's another incredible. big deal old. Well, there's another big uh, problem. All of us with are here. Every, I don't think there's anybody on the show who's a, maybe Ernie is under 37. I, I know the other people I know are well over 30. I assume they're Ernie's, well over 37. Uh-huh. There's another issue okay. with with those tools that it, that nobody talks about too often, and it's it's the other side of the equation where I'm sure all of us and I've I experience I've experienced on a regular basis is a good candidate a good a good candidate that is sought that is sought out has made this comment to me more than once. Alan, yeah, I mean, I get called, no problem. They got to put, I got to send my, send my resume in or reg, put my resume. I go into the system. If it takes me more than 30 seconds, they called me. And if it looks like I'm going to have to do this and answer a bunch of questions, I'm out. And I heard this on a, <clears throat> on a social media webinar last week that bots and a lot of other things are not having the effect that everybody thought was going to be magical. I do think there are places where AI, ML, and bots and other things have a place, <clears throat> and we'll figure that out. But it's what we're marketing, we're selling, and what is it that our clients want? And the good clients, young or old, want to talk to a person. Uh, okay. I think you're off a bit. The problem you think is so? the chatbots are, yeah, and here's why we don't have great chatbots in recruiting yet, but they are coming. We understand more about conversation. I mean, I've written bots, it's shocking. When you have a good experience online, it's usually a bot, not a person. We just haven't really dug into it enough. It's the way we write them. We have engineers writing them, and engineers are so awkward at conversations. They don't understand conversations. So, but they are getting better, and you run 30,000 conversations through them. What HireView is doing or what Honit is doing, they'll eventually crack the code on those, and those chatbots will be very personal and useful, um, which is a problem because it's who, who's writing those is the question. Well, uh, yeah. so Jim, you're pulling. Jim, you're pulling. You're pulling it out. Your argument, you out from under your own feet. You said these AI tools, you were generalizing. They're no good. Okay, and the people using them are, are not doing the right thing. Now that you actually talked about them. one, now that you mentioned one, you said it's going to be great. It'll be better than talking with a person. Okay, you're talking out of both the, sides the tools of your are mouth. Useful, okay, but they. The problem is the impact. So uh, if you use ways to get around. I stopped using Waze to drive around. It tells you exactly where you're going to show up, what time you're going to show up. I stopped using it because after a while, I lost the ability to get out of my neighborhood. And I see other people there. They are useless driving a car without that tool. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to watch. If you've been using I, – I pretty much cut out social. I've struggled to remember people's names. I've had to retrain myself because years, all I had to do was look you up. I could look it on paper. I could memorize you. I had instant access to you. The problem with these tools is they stop human beings from learning how to do the job. And while they're really useful for those of us who have 20 years' experience, they're very bad for someone who's never done but it But you don't need to use it. You don't need to do the job if you have a bot talking for you. What do you need those skills oh, sure for? You, the, the bot, oh, sure the you bot do. automates certain portions of it, uh-huh. certain portions of it. But if you don't understand the full life cycle of recruiting, it, I mean, you, you're, if, you, if you act like a machine, you can be replaced by a machine is the basic problem with that. How do you train people to use these tools when you're taking away all the, all the things it takes to become a recruiter? You need to look at 10,000 LinkedIn profiles. You need to shuffle their resumes. You need to sit across from someone and talk to them. You need to talk to folks on the phone. That comes with experience. These tools are yeah, taking you know, you just away sold, from the I got to tell generation. you, no, no, I have to tell you something. You sold me. First, I, this is what I learned, uh, one of the things. 
nobody, after I had talked to you, all you guys, nobody knows what culture is. Even Ernie came on and told us he was going to tell us a young man's view. He didn't know either. Okay? It means personality, and you get it with your gut feel. Now you're telling me something else. I know that from what you said, that there's, uh, they're, they're running huge numbers of conversations through this AI. It figures out how to talk better than a person. And and you're not going to need people like good salespeople like Alan to talk to people anymore. Alan can no, be uh, imitated by ML machine language. He tells no. ML like we all know what ML is, okay? But, and you want okay, and you so, want to know and you want to know what you're going to get. What you're going to get is you're going to get because one of the reasons this is a hot topic is because probably the big four consulting firms can wrap can wrap a practice around it, and everybody's talking about it because they think it can replace people. Here's the problem. Problem's really simple. It's going to be two things. Number one, I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll agree with Jim that you know in some cases in certain cases it'll be valuable. But on the other hand, even and maybe maybe machines will get there. But it's when you're having that even that first conversation, that first longer conversation, you're paying attention to very small things, the way they answer the question, when they pause, how they do this and that, and it's a million things we can all agree on. Now, on the other side of it is the companies that just implement it and say, we're going to buy this, it's going to be a panacea, those are the, mostly are going to be larger companies, and it's going to be a race to the bottom for the bottom quality people that learn how to game them to a degree, and they can have those all day long because the major growth yeah, I don't know what you're saying American... anymore. I'd have to have the time to take it apart. Okay, fine. One Go thing, do an ad. What they, hold on. One thing I'll tell you. From the guest last week I learned, there's going to be, with this AI stuff, it's going to be a while before the AI learns how to pester people who don't respond to, you know, the AI, you know, identifies people, profiles that, that match a job. People just won't answer them. You need people like Alan or Michael or Jim or, or Kendra or Kathy going out there and pestering, bugging them until they say, yeah, okay, I'll listen to you. That's, what's, that's where people are still going to be uh, useful, in my opinion, for the present time. Jim, final words? Um, train your people. Train okay. young people. Yeah. Spend the time mentoring them because uh, – I mean, or don't make a bunch of money off of it, you know, but yeah. I like the recruiting profession. I want to see it succeed. And, and we are failing the, the, the people who are I'm impressed that you could, I'm impressed that you could go from working on your own to leading a team of 11 people in a, in a, what I would say a, a different environment with that high volume stuff. Alan Floor, Mike A. Stringer, Kendra Sadler, Kathy Manis, Michael G. Cox, Ernie Marino. Did I miss anybody? The guest, Jim Durbin. Thank you. Ah! Uh, I don't think that can be underestimated. Well, Marco, let me tell you, that is shocking. I'm just jumping in to say that is shocking. Okay, I'm back to listening. Isn't that funny? When I start to talk, finally get a chance to start talking, the mouthpiece comes in. Go ahead, Jer. Take over. Well, you know, it's like you're a puppet, and um, and Jerry's it's Jerry's voice. You're the he's the ventriloquist. (laughs) I was just interjecting. I'm not taking over. I was just interjecting. (laughs) 